1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member of I'm there. The OG of Jets podcasting and blogging is
3: back. Just when
1: I thought I was out, they pulled
3: me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts chef travis milton today we're going to
1: be making the students my
3: tasty baked ziti with basil
1: and fresh mozzarella
3: and josh conrad
1: oh my brother testify
3: on play like a jet digital
1: welcome back to there's always next
2: year i'm your host brian bessett and with me today is travis milton he is known as the mj of the culinary world he's got moves uh, like no other in the kitchen
3: travis welcome to the show
0: Coming to you live and hard from Bristol, Virginia. That's right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, tr- uh, Josh is not with us today. Josh is sadly not with us today. He's got a lot on his plate. Travis has a lot on his plate too. Holy moly. He was just giving me the update. He's got, you know, TV stations in his in his kitchen today. He's running down to this festival and that festival. But he's not like, Burning Man. I'm not
0: going to not burning, burning Man. Not Burning.
2: Yeah, you're not going to Burning
0: Man. We're just to fairy shrimp now called. Butt Dirt yeah. Man.
2: But, <laughs>
0: uh, have you ever been to Burning Man, Travis? No, I've God, no. Do I look like a Burning Man person? No,
2: you do not look like a Burning Man person. I'm, you do I'm not pretty look sure everyone man there,
0: person. if they're still stuck, has just reverted to primal form and is just pooping <laughs> where needed. And just, I, I, I can't even imagine. Uh, well,
2: yeah, it sounds like there was a lot of, uh, uh lot of uh rumors and hearsay going on just like it's going around the jets right just as just as robert Sala was uh, was saying the crows are the crows are pecking at them. they're at base camp now and they're pecking at them. but this is the last sadly this is the last this doesn't mean it's the last there's always next year we're going to get into our regular weekly routine as the season unfolds but um but yeah in in short this is the last hard knocks episode um, a little bittersweet. Sad to see this this come to an end, but um, yeah, I'll lay it out, and then you can kind of you know d- uh, drill us down or kind of talk about the themes like l- like Josh might normally if, if he was here. But um, I can't do episode, a Josh
0: impression like he can do a me can't. impression.
2: No, nope. he can do I'm a you impression, but yeah, no, no, no. But you you're gonna help us out. You're gonna help us out. In kind of what the themes or interesting parts you, you thought was so so the episode starts out. We uh, we talk about the hallway, you know, the long hallway that runs the length of the the one practice field, and we'll come back to that at the end of this episode. So we we talk a lot about that, kind of get a foundational analogy, which will be used over the course of this episode. Um, go into cut downs, and as we talked about, no cut downs are going to be shown in this episode, but we do. Uh, get like what is, you know, setting up to be a, a cut down. But we know, you know, if you follow the team, you know what's going to happen with Jason Brownlee and Dave Gibson. Uh, you know, they're, they're safe on the team. We get our first words from Joe D. I know you were very excited about that. Um, then, you know, we start to see some of the players that are getting cut, of which, you know, we see many of them kind of walk in the hall, most notably Tanzel Smart who goes through, you know, kind of lots of talk and kind of empties his heart, uh, you know, but says, you know, basically like, look, I'm devastated, but I know that I put everything into this. I gave everything I can, which was awesome. Um, that kind of takes us to Dalvin cook. We start seeing Dalvin cook on the field, uh, which was exciting. And then we, we go to see Izzy, Abanacanda and, you know, his story and his recovery and some time with his family in Brooklyn. And then, um, that leads into what is probably everybody's talking about, which is the UFO segment uh, where Aaron <laughs> Rodgers breaks down his draft day um, uh, abduction, abduction by aliens. Uh- <laughs> uh,
3: and,
2: yeah, no, that was interesting. That was cool. And then uh, I was like, wow. Okay. Uh, and then, and then, you know, some more little bits and bobs here of, you know, Dalvin cook in his house sauce at BW 3s Michael Clemens, you know, give it, you know, giving what might be the most frightening happy birthday uh, ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tanzel Smart coming back to the team. Uh, they the team goes to see MJ the musical. That was pretty fun. Uh, and then uh, and there's some kind of fallout from that. Then we get into some of the meeting rooms. Uh, you know what's happening on the defense. What's happening in the wide receiver room, and that leads to an all-gas, no-breaks talk about Mount Everest. And, you know, basically, hey, we're just at base camp. Like, we still got a long way to go, guys. Um, And then, you know, that kind of sets the tone for practicing for the first week of the season, you know, kind of get – or, you know, probably first the past two weeks they've been working on getting ready for Buffalo. So we talk about that. Back to the wall, which we kind of started the episode with, and we hear a lot of talk from Salah on kind of finishing the wall – um which was very interesting and then a bunch of outtakes and episode ends with um in the in the the credits of cj uzoma getting his hair dyed green which is pretty fun so so travis yeah talk to me about what you saw in this episode what we've kind of seen over the course of the five um yeah what was your take on this episode or what you know what intrigued you you know this one
0: um i talked about it last time about the the fact that they're they weren't going to show any cuts um I think this one ended up being kind of like a more of a puff piece but it was actually really fun because uh you know I I think we've all watched past seasons of of Hard Knocks mm-hmm. and you know the this last episode is usually like kind of kind of deep kind of rough because it is the cuts it's the you know it's that takes up the bulk of the time I thought that mm-hmm. this was really cool just seeing you know, the players being themselves, like that was something, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of through this season, but, uh, you know, seeing, seeing them interacting with each other, not just, you know, like the, the crib style, like, like they did with, with Dalvin cook of like, Oh, you know, this is where the magic happens. This is my, this is my couch. I have to be in <laughs> my bed because it thing's so baller, um, yeah. which it was, I would kill for that couch. Um. Yeah, it's pretty. But great. uh but you know seeing them all at Broadway together, seeing uh CJ Uzama being a goofball at the end and just you know giving awkward stares at the camera through <laughs> uh, through everything. Like I loved that. Um you know, I I I I thought this episode really showed a lot more of the personality of mm-hmm. of the players, which I really really loved. Like uh, you know, because we've got so many so many awesome players on the team, and and through this, you've just kind of seen it come out. You know, more of Quentin Williams being a goofball. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's that's what I loved about it. It was mostly it was mostly that, and seeing mm-hmm. how well these guys have all bonded together.
1: Yeah,
2: I, I think that was that was that definitely came through, right? And you kind of get that throughout the episode. You certainly see it. You know, when they're when they're watching MJ the musical, that's kind of you know the most probably the most iconic part of, of this episode where where you see that, but yes, you see it also in the small moments where, um, you know, that bonding where after Tinsel smart is cut. And, uh, I think it's, uh, McDonald and, uh, Quincy Williams, um, are kind of walking onto the field and McDonald's talking about how, you know, kind of crushed he is that smart isn't, isn't there at practice with them. And, you know, Williams is saying like, Hey man, like, yeah, he is good, but this is business. And like, so you, you get those moments where you see that, um, what do you say? The impact of, of some of those decisions, but, but that there is bonding and that, right. That's what brings Tanzel smart back. You know, if he's not, if he's got to be on a practice squad somewhere, he's, he wants to do it with the jets because uh, you know, like that's, what's bringing him back to this team. And, you know, let's face it over the course of a 17 game season, and then, you know, whatever potentially comes after that, there might be opportunity for smart oh, yeah. to get, get promoted at some point d- during that, during the course of that season. So, so, so yeah, so that's the sort of thing. Yeah, you see that personal bonding, you see those moments, um, you see Randall Cobb kind of goofing on Garrett Wilson and, you know, all those <laughs> sort of things, or right? Everybody laughing at Solomon Thomas, trying to do the the moonwalk. Like that's pretty fun. That's pretty fun. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm with you. And it, it was cool to see, um, a little bit. I, I like that. I, I really like the abana Canada story. It's oh like, yeah. I've, I've been going. I've been going back through old Anthony Bourdain episodes, and I watched one of him in. It was one of his later seasons, just in the last couple of weeks. But it was him in Lagos, Nigeria, uh, Nigeria, and um, and it was interesting to see him kind of you know meeting with the people and talking to them and trying to understand their culture and eating their food. And and one of the things that is very clear in that episode of um, of whatever, sorry, uh, Parts Unknown was he talks about or, or he kind of is exploring how everybody in Nigerian culture are just like they are dedicated to the crap like just to work and they're all they've all got hustles they're all talking about hustling and hustling and you know they've got three to four jobs and they're just doing everything they can to make it in that society and like so he's kind of marveling in 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 seeing this and so so one of the things that's uh that's funny in in that um is to see how you know that plays out on this side you know is he's talking about how you know his parents have ingrained in him, you know, what it means to be Nigerian. He's never gone. He's excited to go. Uh, but, you know, th- they're there and he's eating the food, you know, the, is it like jollof rice? And um, I don't know what that green thing is. It's like, um it's like a, a Kazi or something. Uh, it's like a leaf. It's like a leaf from a tree. It's like a green, it's like a, you know, like a green vegetable that's a side and you see them serving these things, but you hear, you know, the parents talking about, you know, um, just, how you dedicate yourself to fix. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool to like have seen that recently yes. and see that that's so ingrained into Izzy and his storyline. Um, mm-hmm. just kind of see those two just accidentally kind of happened upon those things. But yeah, the oh, yeah. mom says like one of the great lines there is like mom talks about like everyone comes to America for a better life. And you know, and that's exactly what it is. And So it's always good for us, for folks who have only lived here to hear. You know, wise words from some from other folk. You know, who have better perspective than I do. Oh yeah, Um, and so so yeah. So it's like I don't know. There's a lot of grounding moments in this episode. I thought yeah, like in kind of the team stuff you were talking about and some of that. Yeah, what what else was was interesting or kind of grounding for for you? Um, I got to guess the fact that you heard Joe Douglas's voice like that. That might yeah. That was uh,
0: like I really. I was really wondering because it was going to happen. It had to be this episode if they were, you know, it's, it's cut down, (laughs) you know, he, he's got to be in there somewhere. And, you know, he, he, again, like he really didn't interact with the camera at all. Um, It was him interacting with the players and then out, um, which again, I thought was was pretty interesting. And one of the things that, that has been pretty interesting to me throughout it all is, um, you know, the. The, the players that they focused on were not the players that I really kind of went into this seeing, hmm. seeing them, them talking to, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers is going to be a focal point, obviously Garrett Wilson and Quentin Williams, but like outside of that, you know, I, I came in thinking that, you know, Michael Clemens was going to be a big part of the, the, the yeah. storyline through this because uh, you know, that just hear so much about like how much of a mystery he is and how, uh, his demeanor, uh, you know, I really kind of thought that Bryce Huff would play into this with, you know, the, the teams calling, you know, inquiring about trades, um, and then his level of, of production last year through the preseason. And, uh, you know, th- there was just a lot of players that I really felt like were going to be more of a focus, even Michael Carter, because of the, you know, mm-hmm. the possibility of him not being on the team. Uh, You know, it, it was, it was just really refreshing seeing, you know, focus on Tanzel smart focus on Solomon Thomas. Like, I don't think I realized how much of a leader Solomon Thomas seems to be Mm -hmm. in the locker room. You know, I think to a lot of us, you know, it's always, you know, CJ Mosley and, and seeing how much of a leader he is to that defensive line and in the room, uh, that was something I didn't expect. Uh, it's, it's those kind of things that I really, really, really enjoyed. Um, just just seeing players doing things I didn't expect. and and hearing hearing from players I really didn't expect to see.
2: Yeah, and I think that's it. Like we we see these uh, for lack of a better term, uh, you know, glue players, right? these these glue players who, you know, there was never a express, you know, carve out for Solomon Thomas or CJ Uzoma. Um, you know, we got some of those for Randall Cobb. We got some of those for, for other, um, you know, for other folks, but you keep seeing CJ Uzoma show up. You keep seeing Solomon Thomas show up. You keep seeing, you know, n- name another player like show up. And, and, and so it was fun to, uh, to, even if those players didn't necessarily get that, like, you know, opportunity to dive in on them and their situation, Right, like it's it still made what was interesting to you kind of see the the thread of that they're um, supporting cast members, let's say, right over over yeah. the course of the entire season, and you really did get to know a lot more about Uzoma or Thomas, and it kind of makes sense, right? Because think about Solomon Thomas, think about where he came from. So he was you know part of Salas' team it with the Niners when when Salas was with yeah. the Niners, right? Like. He was there, and then I think he might have had an intermediary stop. Was he with the Raiders or something? Yeah, I think he was with the Raiders. Uh, but, th- but then, you know, so he comes to the Jets. And so, so yeah, those are the kinds of players that, like, when you get those signings, you know, when, when that guy comes aboard, you're kind of like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, yeah. But you see how, right, to your point, you see how impactful they are um, just from a leadership, just from a showing up, just from a mentoring, just from a, I know what this coach expects from us. Uh, day in and day out, so yeah, it was pretty, pretty special, pretty special to see that. Um, any, uh, like, yeah, I think um, I think it was interesting to see Ulbricht He, you know, he is in there a lot, and yeah, there's no focus on Jeff Ulbricht in his life, but you know, he sets a tone a lot for that defense, for that whole group. You know, that Solomon Thomas is part of, uh, but just to see his quotes and, um, you know, sometimes coaches say things. Uh, you know, to motivate or encourage their players. Um, and I, I think one of the things that, you know, Salah says at the beginning of the episode is like, just talking about the cut down process and how that's going to be and what the season's going to be like. And he says, we might hurt feelings, uh, but we will be true, you know, to you. Something yeah. like that. And uh, and and so you see that, you know, Ulbrick I think, carries that forward with specifically with the defense um, and him just saying like, you know guys like this group won't be together you know but we are brothers and um you know we you know people are going to go out and compete to make other rosters um but you know he he it's it's fun to see Ulbrick realize and know and i think and and to share it back to the team like you guys are truly special right like this this defensive line specifically Uh, The whole group is great, but the defensive line specifically is the best in football, right? Uh, I, I could not name another kind of top to bottom, right? Even down to Tanzel Smart on the practice squad. That's as good as this. And so to see him, like he knows it and he, I think he knows what he has. And, uh, yeah, one of the big themes that, that kind of jumped out to me and we've seen it over the course of the season, but I don't know. Maybe it finally landed, you know, for me after seeing it over, over the course of many episodes was, Sala and you know Ulbrich and Hackett in in his way too, um they are just really excellent motivators yeah I, and I'm, yeah. I'm calling out Sala specifically like one of the, one of the notes that I, I made to myself when they were doing the wall there kind of at the end of the episode and they're you know okay this panel's for the preseason game against the Browns and this one's going to be this and this is going to be this and you know they're expecting that that they're going to try and fill that out all the way to the final game you know in the playoffs and so um. So like it just it kind of clicked with me that like God, Robert Sala really gets how to motivate you know these young and you know yeah. veteran players and and he really has captivated them right like. Is he, I think he's getting better at, you know, clock management. We've, you know, talked about him during that stuff over the course of the, the years we've, we've kind of covered him on this podcast. I think he's getting better. He has an analyst who kind of works with him on that kind of stuff. So it's definitely improving. And I think we've seen some of it even in the preseason where he's been better at that stuff, but, but more important than that, like it is special to have a coach who really does reach his players and know how to get the, most out of them through, you know, just simple phrases like, you know, kind of those, you know, the now what's and, you know, all that kind of stuff, all gas, no yeah. breaks. Like these guys have bought into that and he, but he does a really good job of focusing them. Um And so, yeah, I think like, I don't know. Did, did you, have you kind of made note of that too? Is that something that's stuck out to you?
0: Oh, absolutely. There's so many notes from, from not just, you know, uh, Salah and Ulbricht, but from the wide receivers coach that, that I've made, um, for myself uh mm. to, to help motivate you know the people that I'm trying to grow in in the kitchen you know I I saw so many things in their leadership style that I I really hope to try to emulate and uh a lot of that was uh you know it boils down to you can really really see that Sala is investing himself in in the players and the players respond to that by investing in in him, mm-hmm. investing in the vision, you know? And, and I think uh, with that comes, you know, with... Uh, uh, crap. Uh, my mind just went blank because somebody was waiting mm. at me through the kitchen. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, um,
2: well you, you think and collect your thoughts. Well, one of the things that stuck to me is like, Salah's ability, he has this insightful way in which he, he or he sees an insight... And he somehow can kind of like contain it or encapsulate it. And like, it was so clear in that talk where he's talking about, you know, hey, we're 45 miles from ba- base camp and, you know, we're at base camp and we're just starting and the climb's going to get harder to fuck and the crows are pecking. And, you know, he talks and he kind of brings everything home in like a couple, in a couple comments where he just says, hey, you know, like I, I hate going up to the 50 yard line. And someone says to me, like, you know, you guys played really hard. And he, and you know, he's, and he's like, fuck you. (laughs) He's he's like, they're not saying that anymore. He's like, he says, they are fucking hating. Right. And so, so the point is like, no one's saying like, good job, kiddo. Right. Pat on the head. Here's a cookie. Like, that's not like, that's what that playing hard comment is. And so like that he knows to just like, that that is just such an insightful uh, moment that he could kind of crystallize and, Share back to the team, and they know what that experience is like. They've felt that. They've had opposing coaches or opposing players said, "Hey, man, you guys played hard, and they just got beat." You know, whatever, forty-nine to twelve or whatever, right? Like they they know what that feels like, and you have to imagine. Like if it's, if it's igniting, you know, my own heart or soul or whatever, like I can imagine it's doing the same for, for those guys in that room. So, so yeah, he's, he's really, you know, quite emotionally intelligent. You know, it's funny because, oh, yeah. um, I think people just have this sense that he's this, you know, rockhead who, you know, runs up and down steps and, you know, he's, you know, yeah. bawling his fists and screaming on the sideline, but he is, you know, like, he is actually and truly like an emotionally highly intelligent, like kind of person and understands kind of what it takes to, um, to get people to focus and, uh, and and, and right. And and to treat them like grownups, right? Like that whole thing about the, Hey, you know, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you the truth, but like, we're going to be better for that. It's going to be hard, but we're going to be better for that, for me telling you the truth
0: it's things like that. And then, uh, hearing, uh, I mentioned, uh, I can't remember who the wide receivers coach is, um, uh, Azani, Azani. That's right. Yeah. Um, but hearing it was very, very affirming, uh, to me in what I do and who I try to be as a person in my industry, uh, to hear a lot of the same things from a leadership standpoint was like what you were talking about with Robert Salo, like, crystallizing a metaphor into something that is uh uh applicable to someone that is younger than you or somebody that is coming from a different Mm -hmm. culture than you like like seeing seeing in real time the ability that you know he's a great teacher uh because that's one of the things like you you teach everyone learns differently and being able to take a a thought or a concept and and convey it in a way that resonates with with a room of 53 men that's a a talent and that's something that he has worked at and and to hear something like a a a phrase that i use every single day uh in what i do it's that give a shit factor i can't Mm -hmm. teach anyone (laughs) to care that's the right. one thing I can't teach you in, 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 yep. in, in, in my business. I can teach you yep. how to brunoir, teach you how to roast, teach you how to, whatever, but I can't teach you to care. And, and seeing that being a focal point was very affirming to me personally, but also I, I loved seeing that, you know, that that's the focus and, and, you know, because it, everything else can be taught if you, if you give a shit mm-hmm. and, that to me was one of the best parts of the episode was was hearing that and seeing that from the coaches
2: yeah that's a great point because yeah that was just a thing that i kind of like I, I definitely heard uh, but it didn't register in the same way as it does for you right and i mean in, in my work i don't have people that necess- that work for me i work with people and i rely on people from time to time but but yeah like it and and but that does matter i do think about work i do think about the people that. You know, I stick on teams with in in work and in life, and it is people that care, right? If if people don't yeah. care, then they're going to fall by the wayside. Yeah. So if you, so, don't, yeah, if you that... don't
0: care about the person beside mm-hmm. you, you you know, you're you're not going to care about a missed assignment. Like if you don't care about the the common goal, you're you're going to be the the link in the chain that breaks it. Um, and and seeing the focus on that, you know, it might be hyperbole, it might be puff but at the same time knowing that that is like the the crux of it all for the coaching staff is just having people that give a shit about the goal the vision and the people around them just makes me care so much more about the team and the coaching staff
3: can you believe we've had seven months without an nfl game it's crazy right Good thing that's over, though. The NFL is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just five bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers. Every single game day this September, check the app to see what you get. Download now and use the promo code PLAJ to sign up. New customers can take home 200 bucks in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. That's code PLAJ only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net in New York. Call 877 H O P E N Y or text Hope N Y. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, cdkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply.
2: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp-you-out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
2: Something Aaron Rodgers cares deeply about is his uh, <laughs> his UFO sighting uh, that happened. And maybe this explains a lot about Aaron Rodgers and who <laughs> he is and who he's become. Um I have never had a UFO experience. Travis, have you had a UFO experience? I'm curious.
0: I have, absolutely.
2: You have? All right. Well, will oh, you yeah. Tell
0: us about it. What will happened. So uh, in nearby Withville, Virginia, it's been a, been a hotbed for, for a long, long time. You can look this up of of UFO sightings, of, of a lot of things. The U.S. Air Force uh, tested a lot of the stealth fighters, through the the mountains there in the eighties. So when I was growing up, uh, so there was always different weird things cited, uh, you know, I, I saw this, this crazy green ball of, of light in the sky that just kind of stopped and then moved left, moved right. Um, you know, and, and it's, you know, people have been seeing it there for, for ages and, and, you know, there's even native American legends about seeing things in the sky down here in the mountains, um, so it's it's not an abnormal thing for me to hear. Uh I think a lot of people looked at that and were like, Oh, there's just another example of, of how crazy and, and kooky like Aaron Rodgers is. And I was like, No, like, you know, I I have people all the time tell me about like this this staunch story about when they saw this old man ghost walk through their house. I mean, it's no different than that. Like I, I, I mm-hmm. get that that Aaron Rogers does have some kooky tendencies, but I don't think that that leans into it as much as people make it out. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I've, I've totally been in kind of the same circumstance uh, seeing something <laughs> I could not explain in the sky and just dumbfounded.
2: Yeah. But well, that's wild. Yeah. I've never had that experience. I mean, certainly I've seen, um, you know, meteor showers and things like that, but no, ne- never any kind of weird thing. But yeah, it was funny for him to be like, it was definitely ident- unidentified, it was definitely flying, and it was definitely a large object. Uh, and and it's, yeah, I mean, it sounds like the other guy, you know, I there, like I google Steve Steve Levy. Levy, yeah, <laughs> I googled him and I was just like, what's going on there? And yeah. um, and yeah, it's like he he stands by it, he stands by it too. So, so yeah, I, I don't not i i i don't know like it's it's hard to explain and obviously over this past summer you know there was a lot of talk yeah i don't know a month or two ago about that and someone i don't know speaking at a house hearing or something like that and the you know one of those and things now open up someone, the
0: website now
2: right right yeah yeah so so like who who knows like who's to say like and certainly like it's a pretty large universe so it's a possibility. He I just very I well have could not. have been
0: on so, ayahuasca and who knows what the hell yeah. <laughs> he saw. But I mean
2: In know, in like... uh, in suburban New Jersey near uh, near a nuclear power plant? Like yeah, probably not. Probably not. But uh yeah, who <laughs> knows? Um but yeah, like it's it it's interesting. And I love the fact that he's like he's like, Yeah, it's been like well documented that around kind of like energy sources, right? Vol-, he says like volcanoes and power plants and things like that like you're you're gonna you're more likely to see these things and i i don't know about that so tell me about withville is there like a big generation facility near withville because i can't think of one offhand i um, mean
0: all throughout southwestern virginia you've got yeah. you know uh coal processing plants coal got, that's true yep you've got you've got a lot of and then you've got even uh in thermal like, hot maybe, springs maybe three miles past where i grew up uh in uh in Wise County, you've got one of Dominion's "quote unquote" clean coal plants. So that's partial nuclear, partial electrical, mm. partial coal. Uh, so, I mean, there there are those things throughout here. Um, I don't know the correlation between them, but uh, I mean, if if you're going off of Aaron Rodgers' reasoning, uh, there's <laughs> definitely more than enough of that around here for for uh, to draw in some form of extraterrestrial uh, interest. Yeah, it was
2: interesting. I haven't really checked Twitter too much since the since they kind of dropped the clip and the episode specifically what folks are saying about it. But I'm sure it's been I'm sure it's been a fun 24 hours. <laughs>
0: yeah, I to, haven't uh, I have, for the that. same reason. I'm like I I don't <laughs> want to hear like everybody just spouting off about that and right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but uh, but yeah, the it's thing, it's right. a funny moment, and it, and so like it it, it was kind of cool. Like we'll get to this during cameos, but you know one of the fun things about that was you get to see these old clips of Aaron Rodgers from two thousand and five, where you know he's standing there with uh Mel Kuyper and gives him um, a Tampa Bay Buck hat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mel Kuyper gives him the, the Tampa Bay Bucks hat. So that I I guess that was where. I was looking at the players, and I, I didn't look it up, but I feel like in that shot was also Scott Van Pelt, a very young Scott yep. Van Pelt. I feel I'm like pretty sure Braylon was Edwards a, was in there. Braylon Edwards was there on the far left. Yep, that's yep. right. Kind of like behind Kuiper, Like you can kind of yep. see half his face. Um, uh, a, grinning, a grinning idiot Alex Smith was there. Uh, there was oh, yeah. also, I think it was Ronnie Brown. I think, I, I wasn't sure, but I think it was Ronnie Brown. Who was also standing there with, with those guys. But yeah, it was funny to see some of this old, those old clips, uh, of them or him on draft day
0: or him in New York. You know, smiling you know. on the bus. I was like, man, you yeah. look like a trooper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I guess maybe that's why I fell. He fell in the draft, but yeah,
0: it's, uh, it's I, funny. Remember, so, yeah, I remember yeah. vividly, sitting in a quiznos parking lot eating a sub while listening to the first round of the draft on the radio That's like uh, cuz i had That's i amazing. i couldn't listen to it at work like i was uh it was my first executive chef job and i remember i was like i've i've got to listen to the rest of this uh this round and sitting in a quiznos parking lot <laughs> listening to espn radio Eating a horrendous sub. I'm sorry. There's a reason Quiznos subs went out of business. Although, yeah, Oof. I, I I do miss that that weird monkey thing in the the commercials. Do you remember that? The, the <laughs> I short, do remember the Quiznos subs yeah.
2: animals. Yeah, eat Quiznos subs. Yes,
0: yes, yeah. I remember.
2: Um, it's crazy to see. So yeah, Piper had Piper had um him rogers going five alex smith went one overall san francisco of course and then right the draft played out braylon Edwards was three um ronnie brown two to miami cadillac williams is his teammate from auburn right yeah they both played yeah. at auburn yeah yeah he went he went to tampa at five uh pacman jones goes six to tennessee and then it's like the names i mean there's some great there were some players who were Good players, you know. Upon time, Troy Williamson played a little, little wide receiver. Not great uh, for for huh. Minnesota. And Charles Roll was a great player for Arizona oh, and other yeah. teams. Uh, but then it's like Carlos Rogers uh, for Washington, Mike Williams for Detroit, the original Mike Williams. Oh yeah, uh, Demarcus Demarcus Ware, who is now in the Hall of Fame. I think we saw him sing the national anthem, right? Like he uh, was that Demarcus Ware who sang the national anthem. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean Sean Merriman, Jamal Brown, like there were a bunch of great players, but like you know, you look through the list and you're like, Jeezy Pete's, like you know, like oh my gosh, like Aaron Rodgers all the way at 25, yikes. Uh, if you remember, 2005 was the year where the Jets did not have a first round draft yeah. pick. Yeah. Uh, do you remember why they did not have a first round draft pick in 2005? Uh,
0: yeah, five? because they, it was wasn't it because we traded for Doug freaking Jolly. <laughs>
2: Bingo! That's exactly right. Doug we traded our pick for, jolly. for Doug Jolly so that Mike Heimerdinger could have could have his uh, his move tight end or whatever. Uh, he had to have him. He just had You're to of right. getting him. getting oh, Doug man.
0: Jolly and Justin McCarrans and
2: uh... yeah, oh yeah. And, and then we drafted that was Nugent, right? Like was that with the yeah. first pick? I'm looking. Yeah. So jo- okay. Sorry. So second round. The Jets draft, I'm, I'm looking through. I remember it was definitely Justin Miller who was problematic. Good, very oh, yeah. talented player, but problematic. Uh, so he did not last long in uh, in New York. And then – I think Mike Nugent I was third like, round. Oh, was he third round? I was going to say, I thought he was second round, but yeah, I guess not. I guess not. Um, so yeah. Uh, no, no, no. He was second round. He was the four- – Mike Nugent was the 47th overall pick. Mike Nugent wow. was the 47th overall pick. Uh, hey, I mean, he's, still yeah, look, look, he's still in the league. He's still in the league. Is he? I don't know. He's no, still, I is. don't he, I, think he is. Yeah, he 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 he's made it through. Martin the Martian has made it through. Like he looked like I know everybody talking about Martin Gramatica, but Mike Nugent actually looked like um like whatever the uh, he looked like Zazu from uh, Flintstones or everything. Like he, his helmet oh, yeah, was way too yo, big absolutely. for his tiny head. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was the forty seventh overall pick. And and why did we do? De- why did we pick? Uh, a kicker at the 47th overall pick well because we lost in the playoffs the previous round the previous year uh, uh Brian, you know, Doug Brian, yeah. yeah so so you draft a kicker in the second round good that's 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 cla- that's just you know quality gming terry bradway quality gming right there uh yeah. anyway so so anyway we're, we're moving on but yeah that was a fun uh kind of call back to 2005 seeing that and having having my Mike Nugent flashbacks. Um, Yeah. Anything else on this? Oh, we got to talk about MJ. We got to talk about MJ, the musical. Um, I I haven't seen it. I know you probably haven't seen it either. Um, It was kind of fun to see the players. I felt really bad for the poor ladies who were sitting behind Solomon Thomas. I was just, they were standing, they were standing up there. uh, Everybody's kind of dancing and, you know, whatever, having a good time at the, at the, at the production. Um, and I just felt so bad for those, those young ladies who had to like sit behind some like six foot five dudes and try and watch MJ the musical. Felt really bad. Felt really bad for them. What, what did you think about MJ the musical? Kind of that moment. Um, and kind of what that led to back on the practice field with Garrett Wilson. Any, any thoughts there on all that? I thought
0: that dude, uh, doing Michael Jackson was pretty freaking phenomenal. Um, yes, that guy was nailing it. Um, I, uh, I would love to go see that musical. Um I think that's that's freaking awesome. I loved I loved seeing You don't expect NFL players to be like loving a Broadway musical. I mean I yeah. get I get shit talked all the time about my line cooks for singing, you know, songs from Broadway musicals and they're like show what? Tunes. Yeah. yeah, I sing show tunes all the time. <laughs> and you don't expect to see typically like NFL players like, oh my god, like I've been to three shows or I've you know. I loved it. Freaking loved it. Um I do wanna start uh try to start uh a a Twitter Twitter feed to try to get support for uh Garrett Wilson's Nickname to be hee hee. <laughs> like, He-He-He. He-he. Like, I think that would be great. He-he. Or Shimon. Shimon.
2: Shimon. Him, him. Um, He's him, him. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought that was hilarious. Like, yeah. I really hope he incorporates some Michael James- Jackson dance moves into I- some CD celebrations i, I kind of saw i think we saw the beginnings of that possibly happening yes
2: getting up on his getting up on his toes yeah uh, with kind yep. of the knees out we saw a little bit of that i i would not be surprised if we see an mj celebration early in the season i would i would put money on that if if that's a wager i don't know if that's a wager on on fan duel or any of, these, any of these apps but I definitely <laughs> that, i would that is definitely side I would for yeah mj MJ celebration for Garrett Wilson, first touchdown of the season. Uh, And then if I, and then if I, if I miss on it, I'll go again, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Uh, So books, books, set it up, man. Set it up. Um, Yeah. books, Check them out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So the, so the, um, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. That guy. So I looked up those guys' names. Um, So there's MJ, I think is Elijah Rhea Johnson that's the one who was doing the moves after the show kind of, uh, uh, you know, showing them kind of how to do it. That was pretty fun. And then there's, there was another Michael, there's obviously a couple Michaels kind of as he grows up, I guess. So there was another one um, who's kind of the first one you see, and that's Tavon old sample. So, um, so yeah, but that was, that was pretty cool. It was fun to see them there. It's like, it's fun to see big men like that who are, you know, you just kind of, assume our meatheads or whatever um, just to, just to kind of like, Oh, like, yeah, that they love show tunes. Right. Or that they're really, that Solomon Thomas is re- <laughs> really enjoys it. And it's fun yeah. for him to kind of, you know, that electricity and his energy, you know, translate to other players and then right Randall Cobb's talking about like, you know, it, you get these crossover moments, right. Where, you know, Randall Cobb has, you know, this sublime epiphany that, aha, you know, Garrett Wilson is unique. Look at the <laughs> moves. Look at the way he kind of you know uses his body, all all that sort of stuff. Like, and then the, everybody else is like, oh, absolutely, like, yeah that that makes total sense. Like, he is unique in that way. Was, and then, was like, that Michael yeah.
0: Clemens smiling at the like? Oh, I might have missed. There that. was the one person they kept focusing on. Like, I, I can't remember mm-hmm. if it was Michael Clemens, like like just goofy grin, smiling, like sitting near Aaron Rodgers.
2: Oh, maybe. I thought that was – was that the – that wasn't Uzoma. It wasn't
0: Uzoma? Uzoma was sitting directly beside him, but on, like, the end of the okay. row, you kept seeing,
2: like, the uh, big news. I can't I remember who it. it
0: was. I I'll really want it to be Michael Clemens. Be Michael I really Clemens. want Michael Clemens to be <laughs> freaking complete goofy goober at a Broadway show.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I just – I really enjoyed, like, yeah, like you said, like, I, it would have been great to get more Michael Clemens this this year, and we and we didn't get it from Hard Knocks, and that's okay. Uh, but at the same time, like it, it like it kind of pays off for me when he like grabs sauce by the collar and is just like, Hey man, hope you have a good fucking <laughs> birthday, man.
0: Hope you have the best fucking birthday. Tonight,
2: man." And sauce is like, not even looking at him. He's like, I can't look at this guy. I can't look at this yeah. guy. Uh, like it's, it's, I think, and I think that's kind of why sadly we didn't get much Michael Clemens love because like, he's kind of this very intimidating, like he's very serious. Right. And that's great. And you need serious people. Yeah. To, to do the job that they do. But yeah, it's, it's kind of like, he does not come off as goofily as a Tanzel or a Solomon Thomas or a whomever, sadly. So I think sadly, that's why we will, you know, his, 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 uh, contributions will go back into the Disney vault. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> not, we'll not see those. We'll not see maybe, maybe through one Jit's drive. We'll, we'll get some of it. But, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Last questions before we go. Like, I do you watch One Jet's Drive? I don't watch them religiously. Oh, yeah. I do watch some of them. Okay, so uh, thoughts on Hard Knocks, Jets versus One Jet's Drive? Um, uh, I'll let you start. I, I have some very basic thoughts, um, but yeah, any thoughts on kind of just? It's hard to compare them. They're different things. They're different production budgets, obviously. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on what what I we mean, see I for one, one versus jets the other? Drive
0: crew- do a, a phenomenal job with uh, what they've got. I mean, the, the 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 marketing, AV whatever department of the Jets.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I really think they've been killing it. Um, yes. I uh, I hate the fact that it's censored. <laughs> that, that always pisses <laughs> me off a little bit. Um, but outside of that, you know, I think the first couple of episodes of One Jets Drive were were kind of like watching. The TBS version of Pulp Fiction and then the next night watching the actual Pulp Fiction, it was like <laughs> the same thing, but just with a much more puffy, less intense, uh, you know, kind of, yeah. of storyline. Um, I, I think that, uh, I think they were kind of parallels in a lot of ways, uh, but I don't, I know that I didn't get any additional information out of, uh, out of one jet's drive, I think it was very, very marketing propaganda forward. Uh, You know, like I was talking about, you know, seeing uh, Rogers pissed off or seeing, you know, shitty parts of camp, people not having a good day. You know, you don't, you don't really see that in one jet's drive. So I get it, but I do think they do a phenomenal job. and, And if hard knocks had not existed this year, it would have kind of filled that, that, void need or Mm -hmm. want for Jets content that that you know I think we all have every every year this time of year so uh, I thought they did a wonderful job but I I think it was completely overshadowed by Hard Knocks yeah yeah
2: I'm with you and uh talking about Pulp Fiction that that made me
0: (laughs) you're saying that made me
2: think one of my favorite quotes from the old tv show community where Surely, kind of the you know the sweet sweet lady she's she's talking about uh she says <laughs> i had to look it up she goes she's talking about pulp fiction and someone's like have you ever seen pulp fiction and she's like pulp fiction yeah i saw it on an airplane it's cute it's a 30 minute film about a group of friends <laughs> who like cheeseburgers dancing and the bible right and it's like yeah so you're getting the you're yeah. getting the 30 minute airplane version of pulp fiction where it's cheeseburgers dancing in the bible you get a little bit of that with one jet drive but like I will say about one just drive is you do get more of the, the content fill-ins. Like I was watching the most recent one and you see Sala addressing the Corey Davis kind of removing himself from the team
0: situation. Like that's never covered. Yeah. That that, that didn't end up on hard knocks.
2: Yeah. And again, like they they get final cut and like, you know, what, what is hard knocks going to do with it or yeah, whatever. So, so regardless, like, it's interesting to see like you do get insight and depth around some things because, you know, it's, it's more wonky in that way. But yeah, from a production standpoint, of course, uh, hard knocks is, it's hard to beat when you can, you know, pay for, uh, you know, West side story songs to, (laughs) or police songs to put into your, to put into your episodes. Like it's hard to beat that, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it and I, I enjoy them both, but yeah, they're, they're different things like, you know, just the sound production, on hard knocks is just so much better than compared to you know what you get with one jet stride but you know they're working on it they're growing their audience they'll get there um you know we call that iterating in in tech as i'm sure you do too so um so yeah it's it's cool it's fun to see them kind of look forward to to the final season uh we i gotta let you go you got a lot going on but you know we talked a little bit about most of these things but you know it's fun to see them getting ready for Buffalo. It's fun to see the defensive line coach, you know, talk about, are you an edge setter, an edge catcher? Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's fun to see the players talk about like, you know, oh, it's Buffalo. You know, I think it was Saw saying like that hits different, right? That hits different. Here we are. Like, this is it. We're here now. Uh, it's fun to see that. And, you know, one of the things I had to mention, um, you know, well, two of the things Hackett says, I, you see, you hear him off screen talking i think he's talking to him i think it was hackett and he says i love you so much man and quinn says oh, yeah, back him like, quinn, you only yeah. love me for the sacks yeah you only love me for the because i cause sacks or something like because i get the sacks. that's what he said um but the other interesting thing was it like you know and we talked about this over the season like rogers there's this one quote where he's talking to the quarterbacks and he's saying like you know he's talking about his wide receiver uh, throwing the ball to them and how you throw the ball. And he, he, there's this quote. I had to write it down. He said, we are his eyes over there. If you yeah. throw it higher, like he, he says, like it's far out. Like the point is like the defender's further away. I'm giving that player more time to make an easier catch. And then he kind of like implies if you throw it flatter, like that guy's right there on him. So like, but for him to share with someone like Zach Wilson, like, You have to be, you're you're not just throwing a ball, you actually are helping this player
0: survive the catch.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're an extension of who they are. And if you don't think about things that way, and so yeah, so when you hear all the quotes about like Rogers is the best player and it's great to have him and gosh, you know, this guy's for us. And you know, to see his rejuvenation, you know, with the team, like that's been fun. But also to hear him share something like I would never have thought to say something like that. I've never been an NFL quarterback, but like it makes sense when you hear it. But like, I wouldn't make, I wouldn't think about that. Like when I have gone to training camp and you know, back in the day and watching Mark Sanchez or I'm watching Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is not the eyes of his receiver, right? He was throwing hospital balls all over the yard in practice. And you're just like, oh my God, that's going to get like, I I knew enough standing on the sideline 15 feet away to be like, oh my God, he's going to get somebody killed. But I could never have, you know, said you're his eyes. You have to be his eyes. Like um, that. And I just, I loved that quote so much. So any other kind of fun quotes or things like that before we get to our Our cameo draft—it's a light cameo draft, but it's it's still there. We'll do
0: two. I I swear that one little tiny bit of of uh, Zach Wilson trying to be goofy and funny. Like I'm dating (laughs) myself by saying this, but I swear to God, like I'm forever calling him Ricky fucking Schroeder. Like he reminds me (laughs) of the kid from Silver Spoons. Silver Spoons, Um, yeah, man. In every way, Mm -hmm. shape, or form, I'm gonna call him Ricky Schroeder from now on. I love it. I love
2: it. Yeah, I didn't think about it. But yeah, those dimples, man. Those dimples. uh, That gets you. That gets you. Yeah. Silver Spoons, for you youngins who don't know what that is, that was an old, old um, sitcom. You got to go look it up. But you will probably know Alfonso Ribeiro who oh, was yeah. on Silver Spoons as a friend of Ricky Schroeder, who was one of the main characters on that show. Uh, but yeah, so Ricky Schroeder kind of, I don't know, maybe he did some CSI stuff, I can't remember. Um, I remember about uh, Scrubs
0: for a couple episodes.
2: Scrubs, okay, but yeah, yeah, everybody knows Alfonso Rivera. Um, uh, okay, here, here's what I have for cameos. Uh, I mean, there was a bunch of support staff. I just, I don't know why I put them down. Joe Douglas, I'll put him in on cameos. Uh, we can use him again if we want. Okay, the, the Abanacanda family's back. So there's Saidi a- Abanacanda, that's the dad. And Mary, I'm the mom. We've we've seen her before. Um, we get the vice president of security, uh, Rob Mastridi. Uh He's the guy who brings down Steve Levy. Um, so Steve Levy, of course, uh, fellow UFO sighter and former quarterback of the Cal Bears. Um, Mel Kuyper. Yeah, we got that kind of uh, archival footage of a young, very uh, well-coiffed Mel Kiper. Uh I think it was Scott Van ben- uh standing kind of in the corner uh, with uh, Alex Smith grinning madly, uh, Braylon Edwards, Ronnie Brown. Um, yeah, that was it. And then uh, obviously Aaron. Uh, Alan Lazard's tattoo artist. There was a smoothie artist like, cutting up... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know who that was. Yeah, it was not Buzzy Buzzy, uh, Buzzy Pierce or whatever. Uh, there was a smoothie artist for like one of those smoothie bowl places. Uh, there was also a halal cart artist who uh, was very interesting to watch them make some falal on the streets of New York, uh, some halal food, uh, that kind of chicken and rice dish. I don't know what that's called, but oh my God, I love that. Anytime I can get that in hand. Yeah. Um, we got some sauce, sauce. We got some sauce birthday cakes. And then you know, we have the folks from M.J., uh MJ played by Eliza, Elijah Ria Johnson. Um the poor girl sitting behind Solomon Thomas previously mentioned, Devon Old Sample, who's the younger version of Michael, like maybe the kind of like young man version of Michael. And then um there was a woman who I just had to look him up. I didn't know, Bailey McCall. Uh, she plays Rachel. I don't know who Rachel is in MJ. i got to go see MJ, I guess. And then Apollo Levine, who plays Joe Jackson. So, geez, uh, that's uh, that's quite a role to play on Broadway. Jesus. Uh, so, Travis, who you got? And, and I might have forgotten some folks. And you can go off the board, of course. Uh, but who you got in your cameo draft? We'll go two rounds I, here.
0: I'm going off the board. Um, I'm going Mel Kuyper's hair. Because it is somehow... <laughs> 20 years later exactly the same i don't know if he's getting plugs i don't know if he has a daily regimen that somehow keeps it the same i don't know if it's plastic um but somehow he still has the exact same haircut hairline i i think he has the exact same number of hairs on his head um <laughs> I've got to go with that. Like, I, I there are a few things as constant in my life and in this world, I think. And that's one thing we can always rely on is is the amount of hair on Mel yep. Kuyper's head.
2: All right. Uh, I'm going to go, man, yeah, this is tough. This is tough. I'm going Steve Levy just because he saw the UFO. He's a Jersey guy, uh, you know, teammates with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, anybody who's going to back up, Aaron Rodgers story about seeing a UFO. Like I I'm I'm with that guy. I, I like that. I like that that is a corroborated story. So I'm taking I'm taking Steve Levy. All right. Who who you got for the second round here?
0: I'm going OG Mike Williams because I'm I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I have been confused for the past 20 years. And and I don't oh think God. I've realized that there have been multiple Mike Williams. I've just oh, thought it's yeah, the same yeah. Mike Williams that's been playing for for thirty years, uh, it's it's always been a conundrum to me. So uh, I've I've got to give give it up for the the OG and uh, the fact that he has confounded me for now thirty years. Uh, I I just didn't know that he was multiple people. Uh,
2: yeah. This is <laughs> uh, it's not a multiverse situation. This is not like a, a multiverse situation where it's like you know <laughs> a <in> the Matrix, <laughs> Mike Williams, U four seventy six. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it's not. It's not. It's not a Rick situation. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's good. That's a good take. I'm going to go. I think I'm, I'm going to, God, this is a tough choice. Um, Ooh, okay. I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with sauce's birthday cake. I'm going to go with his birthday cake. <laughs> I thought that was uh, that was pretty great to see the Jets fans singing him happy birthday, with the sparklers. And I don't know what that cake was supposed to be uh but uh, I'm, I'm here for that cake um it was that or the soft sauce i was going there i mean halal cart artist like you're going to be a priority free agent you're going to get you know you're going to get a sweet signing bonus uh halal cart artist <laughs> so uh, big ups to you and your work um yeah well this has been fun travis has been fun of course we missed josh here today but josh is again Absolutely. doing important work and we're just goofing around um literally yeah. doing the so, work <laughs> yeah literally that's correct that's correct so um so this has been fun of course as we said like we'll be here this season um we look forward to um recapping the games so we'll definitely see you in the play like a jet feed travis thank you for taking time out of your insane schedule truly insane schedule uh to spend some time talking about uh the silliness of hard knocks and all the fun there um i was looking back travis through all of the teams that have been in hard Knocks and. You know what? There's not a lot of great teams that have actually been covered by hard knocks. But I think part of my excitement has been that this it feels like it's going to be a fun year. And this could be a very interesting year. Not trying to, you know, say anything too much, but um, but this could be a could be an interesting year. And so it's been it's been a blessing to get to watch the show and it be about our team and for it to happen in a year where there's real and true hope uh, that this is the year. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well,
0: I I actually had that thought crossed my mind last night while watching it. I was like, "Do you think if if uh, the Jets made it to the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, there'd be like a a post a a postseason addendum
3: Mm. to Hard
0: Knocks?" (laughs) Like I I was wondering about that because there's not been a team that I'm aware of. Uh, outside of the Jets, making it that right. far into the playoffs. That was the focus of Hard Knocks.
1: No,
2: it's true. It's true. It's few and far between. So, so enjoy it, everybody. Uh, we enjoy you listen to this and yeah, we'll be back. So let us know everybody enjoy the bills game. We'll be back after the bills game. Thanks so much. Talk to you next week. Okay. Round
1: two, name something that's not boring.
3: A laundry. Oh, a book club.